And if you have your Bibles with you this morning, uh, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 43. And we will read God's Word there. I want to read the first actual seven verses, but we will primarily be looking at the, the first three as our primary text. So, join with me there. Isaiah 43, the Word of God to us. May we have ears to hear. May the Holy Spirit so work in us to teach us His Word. The church's only Savior. Isaiah 43, the Word of God. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow, overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I give Egypt as your ransom. Cush and Sheba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes, and I and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And may God then add His blessing to the reading of His holy and precious Word of God. Oftentimes as we live our our daily life, we go through the ordinary things of our schedules and routines. And uh, sometimes we're up and sometimes we're down. (laughs) Uh, But we we go about those things. And and, and I don't know about you as a Christian, but there there are times when I go through those things and uh, I feel very weak. I feel... uh, Unable, I feel at times, maybe, Lord, who am I <laughs> that you would love me and use me in your kingdom? Um, I, I don't know whether you've ever had those feelings of weakness and at times of just wondering, Lord, uh, what is my place in your kingdom today? <laughs> and uh, sometimes you feel more or less in that. And uh, I think that there's a certain extent to which we should always... Um, be reminded of that because that's our state. We um, we move through this world uh, not only in the strength of the Lord, but we move through this world in our own weakness. And uh, yet I thought about this this week as I looked at some of the text and I, I looked at some of the verses in Scripture that in the in the light of of uh, all that we go through in life, um, both in His blessing. And in adversity and weakness, um, sometimes we can be more or less, can't we? 
And the one thing that I was omitting and was thinking about is that God's working us through that. And um, I was reminded this week in a most explicit way, God's work in us, even in our weakness, even in our circumstances, uh, God is ever-present and He is ever-working. It is He who is at work in you. Remember? It is He who is at work in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure. Um, I, f- I forget God's work in us on a daily basis. Lord, I'm not feeling real well today, or I'm, I'm weak today, or, or Lord, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. It is He who is at work in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure. Lord, give us, give us hearts that, uh, that coincide with Your work. Give us hearts that are sensitive to what You are doing in, in our own life, even in our weakness. The passage in Isaiah 42, 43, uh, came to uh, my thought and my mind, and it went from there. You know how that is. You go from one scripture <laughs> to you to the other, and all of a sudden you find yourself all over the Bible. And uh, that's what happened to me. I uh, I was all over, but I'll try to present this in a way that uh, will honor the Lord. Um, the people in Isaiah's day were were in moral trouble. Um. As a matter of fact, they're headed toward God's discipline. The captivity is coming in a very moral, troubled nation. That discipline is coming. And yet Isaiah is the minister that has to preach to them prior, just prior to that captivity. The circumstances are not going to be... Uh, are not going to be very good. God's people, God's the ones who love Him, are going to be in the process of that history. That is, many of them are going to suffer. Many of them are going to have to go into captivity uh, and face the chastisement and discipline of the Lord. And, and they go forth into that captivity. And yet here in Isaiah, even prior to it, the Lord God reminds them of His presence with them. Yes, there are times of discipline that are necessary. Even in the life of God's people, there is times in which we feel weak. There are times in which we feel distant from the Lord. There are times in which we face different circumstances and we have to move in a very difficult way through those circumstances. But what I found replete in Scripture is the reminder of what He was doing in our lives all that time. I will never leave you or forsake you. And I found that to express exactly the heart of the Lord for His children, no matter what their circumstances might be. The Lord will never fail His children. And I just love the expression, But now thus says the Lord your Creator. He's the one who made them. O Jacob, and He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear... Have we have lived in a time of fear in recent days? Do not fear, don't you? I have, for I have redeemed you. That even in the midst of fearful circumstances, it is the Lord God who is our keeper. 
It is through these, in our mind, seemingly ups and downs in our life that God is actually present and God is actually working all things together for good to those that love Him. He is ever present with His with His children. But now thus says the Lord your Creator, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. And um, redemption is, um, is being bought back, being reconciled through difficult circumstances. Of which, uh, Lord, I'm in a fix. <laughs> what am I going to do? The Lord says, I'll take care of that. I'll work that out. You just continue to look to me in faith. Uh, and the very personal aspects of redemption, it is not just a, a general redemption. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And that reminds us this morning that in this promise of God to keep us through the ups and downs and uh, the difficult circumstances of this life, uh, that the Lord knows who are His. The Lord knows His children. And he, I love the little verse that said, He knows how to preserve the life of the, of the redeemed. He knows how to preserve the life of the redeemed. And it is an incredible aspect here that this is very personal. I have called you by name. You are mine. And... Um, as you see the specificness of this, uh, that we, I was looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you've been, you've been bought with a price. You, you are not your own. Therefore glorify God in your body. I like the exhortation there, uh, in, in that manner that we belong to the, to the Lord. And if you go back and look at this, he declares to them he is the one who has created them. Uh, he is the one that has formed them from the beginning. And he notes his presence there at creation when he formed them. Uh, it is the Lord who continues to sustain them. Uh, and he appeals to Jacob, whom he called, O Jacob, uh, you were not more than all the nations of the world, but you were of the fewest. I have called you because I love you. And he calls Jacob by name. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He formed you, O Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In our day and time, there's much to fear in the way the world affects us and um, the circumstances that we face. And I was thinking about this passage as an encouragement to, in the light of the things that we could fear, uh, the things that affect our life, uh, and, and the way we have to struggle with those things. Uh, I want you to be mindful of the Lord's presence in your life, even in a difficult time. We are reminded in this passage of, of the extent of God's grace and presence and work in our life. It's quite remarkable, O oh church, that the Lord uh, speaks to them. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers... They will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Uh, for I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I have given Egypt as your ransom 
Cush and Sheba in your place. Um, now, some have taken that very concretely and have tested maybe the Lord about walking into fire and not being burned. And, uh, and I would challenge you to be careful uh, about the way you challenge the Lord. I think the heart and message of what the Lord is communicating, that He's going to be with them. Um, there's a little verse in Psalms that says um, this, Psalm 66 and verse 12. Thou didst make men ride over our heads. We, we went through fire and through water, yet thou didst bring us out into a place of abundance. And that was referring to the way in which God was present and leading in His children's life. And He goes back even to Egypt, that they were in bondage and, and they were sore oppressed. And God heard their cry, and in His presence, He delivered them. Uh, but you remember one of the characteristics of that deliverance from Egypt. That was Passover, uh, the blood on the doorpost of how the Lord God challenged Egypt, and uh, the many plagues, and th- they were sacrificed. That was sacrifice. It's very interesting. The, the, the Lord says, I've sacrificed Egypt for you. Isn't that a powerful statement that's kind of awesome to think about that the lord loves you and he cares for you and he's willing to sacrifice nations for your perseverance and for your care and for your salvation it's pretty amazing to talk about you go back and read some of this isaiah 43 and you look at it carefully and see what it says and i think that you'll be encouraged by it in terms of the lord's presence of his work um it is the lord who brought them uh, through the sea. <laughs> he provided the way in which they were to go through. Uh, he opened the sea. They walked through on dry ground, got on the other side. The Egyptians thought that they could do the same thing. And what happened? They were consumed. And the Lord delivered. I think one of the dangers in that deliverance, one of the things I see is that in the wilderness they complained against God. And I, and I think that's a danger for us today um, to think, well, things are not the way they used to be. Or to think, I'm having to go through this now. I didn't anticipate this. Uh, if we're not careful, we might, in a, in a difficult time, we might tend to want to complain against the Lord. Lord, you're not providing enough. Uh, you're, not, you're not bringing us through fast enough. Uh, it, it could be that we could express that kind of heart. But my dear friends, may we have a warning along with this great promise that the Lord is with us and that He is working in us and through us and He's bringing us along even through adversity. Uh, that there's a warning also to be careful uh, not to complain against the Lord, especially in times of adversity, times in which you face difficulty and problems. Uh, remember what Job said. Uh, Job's wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Look at all that's happening to you, man. Look at at your life. Look at what's happening to you. Why don't you just curse God and die? And he says, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we accept good from the Lord and not adversity? And so, my dear friends, in times of when you're so oppressed and facing troubles and facing difficulties in this world, uh, be of good cheer. Know that the Lord is still at work. Even in those circumstances, He is at work in you. And guard your heart. Guard your heart in the Lord. And uh, don't complain uh, against the circumstances that you might find yourself in. But turn to Him 
if your circumstances are not what you would desire them to be, and uh, they are difficult, may they be served as an opportunity to turn to the Lord and draw closer to Him than we've ever been before. Amen? If we're facing those challenges, turn to the Lord and ask Him to help you in those circumstances to be with you. And I love this uh, constant reminder of His presence with us. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I like the expression of His name. And it's very emphatic there. He presents His name uh, just as a strong, redeeming God. He wants them to get the point. For I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I've given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Sheba in your place, since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you. Now, I just like that one. I just like of the three expressions they're given with regard to the Lord. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you. <laughs> I just... I just like to hear it oftentimes, don't you? Don't you like to just hear it? Uh, moms, don't you just love to hear, I love you? That that's, does good for the soul. <laughs> and how much more precious is it to hear it, hearing God's Word from the, from the Lord Himself, that uh, we are precious to Him. I thought of one of the little verses today, again, as we were going down to Spruce Pine, uh, Psalm 116, 15. It says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. And that's beautiful. And I don't think we can get much harder than death. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. And, and so even, even in death, uh, we're being held in very compassionate and loving regard. And I would say that the heart of that verse is the keeping power of God, that He's going to be with His children uh, even at a particular time uh, when they're facing struggles and difficulties, He's going to bring them through. And of course, you know that the Lord God is speaking through Isaiah, preaching right before the time in which they will go into captivity. And I'm sure many of them said in captivity as Jerusalem fell and was leveled to the ground by the Babylonians, I'm sure that many of them said what? Life, life is over. Uh, the house is gone. The city is gone. The temple is gone. Um, every, everything is gone. What are we going to do now? And, um, and they're taken into captivity. And one of the things that the Lord reminds them of is that even in this discipline, the Lord will be with them. They will not utterly be destroyed, for God is going to raise through that adversity a remnant with even a greater love for Him through, through that discipline. And it is remarkable that sometimes through adversity, uh, God has a way of bringing us closer to, him, to Himself through difficult things that we face, uh, we begin to mature, love Him more, cherish our relationship with those around us more, be thankful to God for His grace more, His saving work in our life daily. And sometimes when we are hard-pressed and when life becomes difficult, those things, all of a sudden, our relationship to the Lord becomes even all the more and more precious to us. And so may God be with you in this way. And I'm going to... 
express a few more verses down through as we go as we go through here. But listen to this. Uh, he goes on. He says, "Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. And I will say to the north, give them up." Don't you like the effectual calling? <laughs> I like the doctrine of effectual calling because it is here. Give them up. <laughs> they they will come forth. It's not a matter of maybe or, you know, we're going to present this gospel and we just hope somebody responds. Man, we we just hope and pray that somehow, somehow, you know, that man, they're going to have the strength that they're strong enough to just accept you, Lord. And God says, oh, no, no, no. I'm gonna call them, I'm gonna call them forth. Come forth. Don't withhold them anymore from the north, the south, the east, and the west. He's gonna call his people. He knows them by name. We are his. Remember John? I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Um, they know my voice. Will not follow another. I hold them. What? I hold them. Every one of them. I hold them in the palm of my hand, and there is no one that shall pluck them from that place. Don't you love that? Don't you love that expression? Um, and then it go, it, it, give them up and to the south. Do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Uh, by the way, you were included in those verses. <laughs> up to the present time you're living, he called you as his own and you belong to him. You're purchased by His blood, those who love Him truly. And then, everyone who is called by My name and whom I created for My glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. And then you go on down to verse 21. The people whom I formed for Myself will declare My praise. Now, I like that God calls us with purpose. He not only knows us and calls us personally, He knows us by name and He calls us for His glory. And I love that, that He doesn't just call us in a vacuum, but that in His love and His purposes in our life, He calls us to declare His praise. You were once dead in your trespasses and sins, but now you have been made alive in Christ and you've been raised up with Christ and seated in the heavenlies with Him. And He has called you and delivered you from the domain of darkness in order that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Don't you love, don't you love that expression of God's purposes for you and his work in you? Now let me say to you this morning as we come close to this to this end. Would you think after all this history from creation from the beginning and his blessing in Abraham, Isaac and Jacob's life through David's life and now even coming to the cross and his redemption of coming into this world and giving His life and being placed in the grave for your sake and being raised up on the third day and now ascended into heaven, uh, do you believe that God is going to stop being with His children now? <laughs> let, let me ask you that again. <laughs> in, in the light of all that verification and all that history from the beginning, do you think... That God is going to take back His salvation and redemption now in your life. That should be an encouragement to you. To know that that which our God has done is fixed. And His goal for you who love Him and are in Him is your redemption. 
Your full presence with Him and His glory. He has purpose for you now in serving Him, even through difficult circumstances. Don't you know that it is through some of those circumstances that you can honor the Lord the most? I don't know about you, but my heart is challenged to serve Him when there's adversity. That's strange, isn't it? You're drawn to the Lord through difficult times and 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 you say, Lord, <laughs> and and He becomes more precious. But He wants you to know that you're precious. You're precious in His sight. He loves you and cares for you. And uh, that keeping power of God, I was looking at um, another passage of Scripture in Romans 8. And listen to this. In verse 28. Okay. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Now listen to this chain. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom He predestined, those He also called, and those He called... These he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, in between justification and glorification, there's a whole lot of theology. (laughs) I just want you to understand the extent of the connection, historically, of what God is saying in Romans 8. God is saying that the work that he has begun in your life he is going to perfect in you and he's going to he is going to complete it regardless of the weak circumstances you think you might be in <laughs> he is going to be there he is the one that's going to be present and accounted for and in the end no matter what happens to you he is going to have the last word in his son Jesus Christ and i love i love that encouragement i love that expression that The Lord says, I love you. I will never leave you or forsake you. That that which I've begun, I will finish. And by the way, you're at a point in now Christian history where you have a cloud of witnesses. (laughs) Uh, Someone says, you know, that uh, that old Christian faith is uh, just not verifiable and you just can't attest to it and we can't put the uh, testing to it of of experience. And I want to say to you, they just don't know the Bible. They just don't know the Lord. Because we have a cloud of witnesses who've gone through much more than you and I have ever gone through probably. And yet the Lord has preserved them. Um, I love the one, uh, Abel, though dead, still speaks. (laughs) Don't you love that one? Man, Abel, Abel is still alive. Good gracious. Man, that's great. That's incredible, isn't it? To think about the God of Abel the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob is the God who is with you this day. I think in a time of COVID, in a time of possible fear, possible weakness, you may be going through all kinds of things. But it isn't the good to know that uh, the Lord is with you. And I love the expression uh, that you belong to the Lord in Peter, and this is what it says here um, 
in this way. Let me read it. It says, um, Blessed be the God and Father, 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again. Oh, don't you like it? Listen, He has... Who is at work? Who is working here? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you. Well, now, have we got there yet? No, but just remember, dear believer, even today in all that you're experiencing, it is reserved in heaven for you. It's already done. You've already been purchased with a price. You are not your own. And I love this whole expression of what God makes us to be. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. Remember who you are. But more than that, when you go through the trials and difficulties of this world, remember that you are the Lord's. And all that you are and ever, all that you ever hope to be and all that you go through in this life, there is nothing separated from the hand of the Lord in your life. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so may we who in this time who have come through many things, John Newton had it right, didn't he? Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. This grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Don't you know this, dear believer, this morning, that you are precious in His sight, and He cares for you, and He loves you. His work in you is a powerful thing that ought to be noted always, not just by the Word, but just by the reality of it spiritually. My dear friends, it it begins with the Lord and it ends with the Lord for His glory. Isn't it interesting how it starts? (laughs) How it starts. Our life is going to end in the hand of Christ. May the Lord bless you. May you in the difficult day uh, trust Him. May even with our final days, may we call upon the name of the Lord. And um, as He has been with us in the past, may He be with you always, even in the future, and give you that hope and that peace that passes all understanding. My peace, Jesus said, I give unto you, not as the world gives you, but my peace I give unto you. May you honor the Lord in your circumstances and trust Him. Amen. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. It's replete with constant descriptions of Your keeping of Your children by Your own might 
and your own faithfulness and your own righteousness and by your own hand. And yet sometimes, Lord, when we go through things in this world, we think that we are forsaken. But, Lord, that's just the uh, old heart talking. And we know that you never leave us or forsake us. And we thank you for the teaching of Scripture. Draw our hearts close to you in days of adversity. Lord, use those days to purify us and make us what you would have us to be. And Lord, may we with determination filled with your Spirit, even in the face of fear and adversity, may we declare the goodness of our God. Morning by morning, you mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is your faithfulness as Jeremiah weeps over Jerusalem's captivity. Lord, as Jeremiah and Isaiah and Peter and Paul understood your faithfulness and your goodness and your love for your children, Lord, would you impress it upon our hearts as you've never done before, that you will never leave us or forsake us. Lord, draw us back Whatever it takes in adversity, whatever it takes in repentance, whatever it takes in experiences of life, Lord, we pray for your will to be done in our lives. Keep us in your care. And Lord, we keep our eyes fixed upon not only the author of our faith, but the finisher of our faith, in whose name we pray. Amen.